organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to episode 904 of The Right Hour. You are going to love our high-energy guest, my mentor, Katia Barbanova. She shares the importance of creating shareable and reliable content with a focus on your reader. Katia is a viral video creator and marketing strategist who helps creators of impact to reach more people through social media. As the founder of 20K Nation, she teaches clients to grow and monetize their audience online through creating viral content. Katia has worked with more than 1,500 clients and enabling many to go viral, being featured in TEDx talks, secure book deals, and sell $100,000 packages. She has spoken on stages across the world, reached more than 100,000 followers through her social media channels, and appeared in publications and podcasts, including Entrepreneur and the Smartest Guys in Marketing. Before starting her business, Katia worked in brand management and sales for nearly a decade, handling accounts for Hewlett-Packard and Superdry. These days, she and her partner are accidental nomads who travel the globe in search of their dream home. I joined Katia's 20K Nation group about a year ago, and it was the best decision I made to help me grow my business. 20K Nation is like a think tank, a mastermind, a business coaching all rolled in the one. If it's not open at the time that you listen to this podcast, I suggest getting on the wait list. It is definitely worth the wait, and it's worth your time, your energy, and your money. It, the group is amazing. She has high-quality people in there. Anytime I need help with anything with my business, I know I can hop in that group and ask the question or ask the question on one of the coaching calls, and I get excellent help. She has helped me through all of my launches and everything that I do with my business, and I know that you will love it too. If you have any kind of business that you want to grow, even your writing business, if you're just in a writing business that you're writing books, it's still a business and she can definitely help you. So listen closely, marketing your book, it can be fun and you're going to learn the best options for you. This episode is sponsored by How to Build Your Audience on Twitter with Keith Keller and the Right Coach team. If you're writing a book, the time to grow your audience is now, before, during, and after you write your book. Don't make the mistake I did and wait till you're finished writing. It's too late, or you'll need to delay releasing your book to grow your audience. Learn the four easy and actionable strategies on how to grow your audience. Use the discount code for you to receive $10 off and learn more at the link in the show notes. Welcome to this episode of The Right Hour, and I am so excited to have my mentor with me, Katia Varbanova. Is that how you say it? I always struggle saying your last name. That is exactly how you say my name, girl. Awesome. Well, 
I want to know, and I'm sure my listeners will be excited to know because we're doing this season is about social media and how to grow your audience on social media for writers, which is very important. And one of the Mm -hmm. things I'm stressing is this needs to be done before you even finish your book. Oh my God. Before you even start your book. Exactly. (laughs) You can start it before you start your book. Exactly. And I mean, probably need to make that point too, but, but it, especially before, and I met somebody yesterday on Twitter, he's finished his book, has a contract, it's coming out in the fall and he's done zero marketing. And I'm like, Oh dude. Oh dude. (laughs) (laughs) You really got a lot to do. So tell us how you became an international viral video creator and marketing strategist. Cause I know you had an interesting journey. I mean, you weren't sitting around at seven years old going, I want to be a marketing strategist. (laughs) No, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. I went to law school. I thought I was going to be a lawyer and protect, protect the good guys from the bad guys. That was my uh, dream. So I came across Periscope back in 2015 while I had that nine to five job and mm-hmm. I came across it and I was using it just for fun. I was just watching people on Periscope. It was just so exciting to watch people live and had absolutely no intention to ever go live on the platform or to ever do anything with the platform. It just happened that over the couple of weeks that I was on it, I made some friends just through watching other people and right. engaging with others in the comments. And uh, one day I got forced to go live so that those friends can meet me. And I had an, uh, I had a, an anxious half, almost a panic attack, just of the idea of going live. Um, at the time I had zero following. I had, uh, the, my followers were my friends, my family, my law school classmates and high school classmates. And that was it. So uh, 2015, no followers, anxiety from the idea of going live and just uh, no plans to make money or anything of that. Right. That was in, that was in August of 2015. And then as I started going live after I got forced into it, I started getting a little more comfortable and I actually found out that it wasn't as bad as I thought. Any of you that aren't showing up consistently on social media, worrying about the worst parts of social media. Once you do it consistently, I think you will realize it's not as bad as you expected. So that's what I found out very quickly. And I actually started enjoying it. I started enjoying making relationships through the platform. I one day decided, hey, it would be really fun if I gathered people together in a community and we could all support each other and we could all share each other's broadcasts and help each other reach more people. That was the goal of that. So I created a free Facebook group. I moved about 150 people from Periscope onto the Facebook group. And we started uh, collaborating. We started sharing each other's uh, Periscopes. We we started jumping on calls and getting to know each other. And uh, the community just became this incredible family-like environment that I never planned and went out to create. I found myself a couple of weeks later feeling really exhausted because it was really time consuming. My job was time consuming. So I decided to give it a punt and think, why don't I just charge for this? And, and, you know, the current members can stay in as they are, but any new members I can charge for because there's clearly demand for this. People clearly want to be part of this. So I put a nominal fee 
um, at the time. And I put an application form, you know, 20K Nation, which is the community today, uh, has had an application form since day one, always pre-vetting the people and making sure that we only bringing uh, people that are uh, in alignment with our values, with our culture, with what we do. And uh, within about... A couple of weeks of that, I set up the company September 19th and by October 10th. So that's what, two, three weeks. But in that period, I, I got 60 brand new paying members into the community. I looked at my bank account and I noticed that that monthly income now replaced my full-time job income. Right. And, and I didn't thought about it. I did not, I did not set out and say, Oh, I'm going to quit my job in 30 days. And I, I did not set out to do that. <laughs> I literally was just having fun, bringing people together and just thought, Oh, here's an opportunity to monetize it. Uh, here's an opportunity to show up and serve and do something fun. And it just ended up quitting my job so quickly. And I just became obsessed with it. And for those that don't know Katia, this is um, Katia's MO for a lot of things still. (laughs) She has this knack of, hey, I got this idea. Let's try it. Let's try it. I I honestly, yeah, I I, I have this tendency to just, "Mm, wouldn't it be fun if I did X, Y, and Z, and then I do it, and then I end up making so much money from it that I did not plan out to do. That has been the story of my life, (laughs) to be completely honest. So um, that's really what, that's really what happened at the time. And after noticing how quickly I did it, In my head, I thought everybody grows businesses so fast. Like I thought, oh, well, if I did this, surely everybody else does it too, right? If if it was so easy for me, clearly it must be easy for everybody else. (laughs) No, the answer is no. That's why I'm in 20K Nation, but yeah. (laughs) But it's funny because, yes, it took me time to realize that some people uh, have been trying and trying for years and they still haven't been able to replace their full-time income. And uh, I just became really obsessed with studying as to why it happened and looking back as to why it happened. The real secret to the fact that I was able to sell out 60 members into the membership was the fact that for the month and a half that I was on the platform, I built 1,300 followers that were following me, interested in my opinions, my perspectives, my knowledge, and I had a small percentage of those 60 commit to joining my membership. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have those 1300 people, if I just came out of nowhere and I said, hello, I'm a stranger to all of you, but here's an offer that I can sell you. It wouldn't have worked. So no. because of that, I just became obsessed with understanding why things grow and understanding how to build an audience fast and understanding social media. I just became obsessed with it. I went on to build in my very first year of social media growth. I went on to build over 30,000 followers mm-hmm. in my very first year. And then from there, I've gone on to build uh, over a hundred thousand across different platforms, including random places like TikTok and um, like even like some really random places. If, if there's a social media platform that I've wanted to explore and I've wanted to grow on it, I have cracked the code for it just because of the sheer fun factor for me. Like I just find it so fun to 
to grow audiences and to reach more people. So, well, I think it's kind of funny now how you were scared to be on video, but that is so much. That's that's your thing. (laughs) Is being on video is your thing. So that was so funny. You know how people say sometimes we became we become what we wish we could have been years ago. So I think the reason I became such a such a big proponent of video and helping my clients with video and going viral in general was because I was so terrified of it and because I was able to overcome it. So it felt very closely to me to be able to achieve something like that just for my own personal self growth, really. Right, right. Well, what do you consider to be viral content and how Mm -hmm. does a writer create it? Because I heard your definition recently of viral content and realized, oh, it's not always what everybody considers it. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean you got 1 million views. No. Uh, So explain your definition of it and how can a writer create it? To me, uh, so the first question is the definition. So let's talk about that. To me, viral is not about a specific number that has been thrown by a marketing governmental body that says, oh, if you make... Uh, if you make a video that gets 3 million views in seven days, that's viral. I don't look at it that way. I mm. look at it in terms of ratio of um, reach versus audience. So right. if you have an audience of a 1,000 followers on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, it doesn't matter the platform. Let's say you have a 1,000 followers on Instagram. If you can create a piece of content that reaches 5,000 people, to me, that is gone viral. Mm -hmm. Because if it reaches more people than already follow you, that means that it's being shared. Right. Because it's shareability. Virality simply means shareability. So if it... If, if you've got a thousand followers and you've got 5,000 people that have seen your piece of content, that means that a lot of your thousand followers have been sharing it along with their friends. Right. Therefore, it has become viral to that small community. Anything that you share, you turn into the potential to becoming viral. Now, there's different levels of viral, and sometimes you can go mega viral and have millions of views. I have some a piece of content like that. And then you can go viral just by every single day. Um, and, you know, I post, I have an account on Instagram that has less than 5,000 followers. And it would very often, I would have a post on it that would reach uh, like 60,000 people with one post just because just because I understand social media, the algorithms, what Mm -hmm. kind of content people share really virality is shareability. So Mm -hmm. on your second question, how can writers use that is they need to focus on creating content that others will share, right? They need to focus on shareability. They need to focus on engagement and they need to focus on re- on also relevancy to their entire business model. Like it's not, it, it, it it's of no service to you as a writer to go viral about something that's not even linked to your expertise. Like right. it, there's no, there's no value to you to have a, a cat meme go viral when you are a, a health and wellness author. It's just not going to happen. Right. right? Yeah, and that, that's a very important point you make there is that the relevance. 
And, you know, and, and some people, especially, you know, I focus on nonfiction, but there's, there's also the, this question, people with fiction, well, I write fiction, you know, what am I going to write about? Well, it's like, well, what do you talk about in your book? And that's the same thing with nonfiction. What do you talk about in your book is what you need to be sharing on social media, you know, encouragement, help, you know, you're always talking about different forms of marketing because that's your thing is marketing. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know Katia and we'll have links, you need to follow her on all social media and you'll learn a lot just by following her. Just by watching. <laughs> yeah. And then see what she does and do it, emulate it in a way that relates to your personality and your content. Cause like I, I actually said yesterday, I, I did mention you on Aaron's um, podcast. I said, we were talking about doing things with your personality. And I said, if I went and did a parody, like, Katia did of Taylor Swift song, I would look like an idiot because that's not me. (laughs) That's not my personality. You know, my personality is more of the sarcastic humor kind of thing or dry humor. If I went and tried to do what Katia did, I would look stupid because I'm not Katia. That's not my personality. And that's the same thing we want everybody to know is go see what people are doing, but that doesn't mean you have to do exactly what they're doing. Figure out what works for you, your kind of humor, your personality. So, and that's one of the things that I've loved about 20 K nation. It is, it's not a, you know, here's what I did. You need to do X, Y, Z, just like me. It's, Hey, this is what I did. Figure out how this works for you. And I like that. So talking about, you know, fear now, because a lot of writers, marketing, social media, they're, they haven't been on it in this, in this way. And they're terrified of going live on social media, just like you had talked about what helps them get over that fear and work through Mm -hmm. it. So to me, the reason I was scared of it was I was worried that, um, I wouldn't look good on camera. I think all women uh, can relate to not feeling camera ready. So that was the big uh, concern for me. Another big concern was I was afraid that people might think I am dumb or silly. Like, oh, who am I to show up and talk about my thoughts? Like, my thoughts aren't worth anything. Like who am I to, who am I to talk about networking or who am I to talk about Periscope or who am I to talk about any of those things? You know, am I really an expert? Do I really have anything valuable to share? I think we often judge ourselves and how valuable we are as people or how valuable our knowledge is because we think that what we know is common sense. Mm-hmm. Isn't it true that you as an author listening to this, very often you have expertise or knowledge around maybe personal development. And sometimes you come across somebody that has never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, I thought everybody knew about this. Yeah, Let's uh, take an example. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a very right. famous framework that a lot of people know. So a lot of the, a lot of people would think, well, there's no need for me to go live and create content around stuff like Maslow's hierarchy of needs because everybody knows it. So what really helped me is what I really helps my clients to understand is that just because you know it doesn't mean everybody else does. In fact, what usually comes natural to you 
tends to come really hard for others. Mm-hmm. Really, really hard. It took me a long time to realize that um, I am a natural money manager. I am extremely good at um, managing my finances and uh, never overspending, always having savings. I not noticed I am naturally good at that. And I've never had problems with not having enough money to pay my taxes or not having enough money to pay my team. I've never, ever, ever had struggles with overspending. And yet very often I would come across uh, entrepreneurs who they would say to me, oh, I don't have enough money to to." to pay my taxes. And to me, I think to myself, wow, isn't it common sense to put the money aside for your taxes? And they're like, no, nobody ever told me that. And so I didn't think of that. So I really want to implore on you as an expert to never assume that people know what to do. Don't assume that everybody has the answers that you do. In fact, that is the easiest way to not help anybody. (laughs) By speaking up about your knowledge, you can actually help people that you didn't even know they needed help. And um, uh, the other thing is, I think if you're worried about being judged on camera, which is a big it's a normal fear. I really want to challenge you to look at going live, not as something where you have to do or something that, oh, I got to do it, but I don't want to. I really want you to look at it as an opportunity to test and just experiment. Like how we said, Joyce, remember how I always just go into new opportunities and just say, wouldn't it be fun if I tried this and not expecting anything. So, Go live and do videos, but don't expect anything in return. Like, don't expect that 10 people will show up. Don't expect compliments. Don't expect people will watch it. Don't expect anything. Show up for yourself. Show up for the people that need your your help. And just test it. Like, just say, okay, I'm just going to test to see what happens. I'm going to be open-minded. I'm not going to have any... I'm not going to have any preconceived notions. I'm not going to make any assumptions. I'm just going to test it. And I think that will calm down a lot of the anxiety and a lot of the fear of judgment because then you're not doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to show up and show off. You're doing it to serve and you're doing it to experiment. If you think of it as an experiment, I think it's a lot lighter. Yeah, it takes that pressure off. I like that. And I'm sure your first videos were not near as good as your videos are now. I mean, so that's the other thing. It's a learned behavior. You learn how to show up. And I have always had, I've had speaking experience. So I was trained to be a professional speaker. So coming to video, it's a little different. But there's some of the same aspects that you use with video. And of course, what I like with Facebook Lives, it is a little more casual. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if your kid comes in, your dog comes in, you can say, hey, hold on a second. <laughs> or, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, hey, here's my yes. kids. She's going to wave, you know. So it, it's not like you're on the national news and your kid shows up, <laughs> you know. No. Um, oh, remember that clip of the guy who yeah, said it was a, he was a politician, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Oh and, my he was God. and he was making some kind of announcement, and his yes. kid walks in the room, and the nanny comes in to get her. And so, yeah, that, I do remember so that. I, I, was, I was thinking of that when I said that. 
But that's the cool thing with Facebook lives. People expect it to be more casual and any kind of live is much more casual. So take it, like you said, take that pressure off yourself and test it. And here's the other thing. If you really hate it, you can delete it. (laughs) Voila. You totally can. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I've also heard that you can, um, is it on your profile? You can just have it just like test it for and have just you showing like it only shows to you so that you can test it and see how it works and looks too, I think is another thing you can do just to kind of get that feeling or even just record yourself on camera, whether it's on your computer or your. Yeah. Like, like I know that obviously for some people, they might need to do it slower. Like for some people, instead of diving right into live, maybe start with Instagram stories, maybe start Mm -hmm. with recorded videos, maybe start with something smaller and then build your way up. I think it's very important. And this is actually very true for every aspect of business. I believe it's super important for, us entrepreneurs, experts to really invest the time and the money understanding ourselves mm-hmm. and what works for us. If what works for you is to take things at a slow pace, then please take it at a slow pace. Right. Start start small. For me, I know just that that doesn't work. You either have to plunge me in the pool or I am not dipping my toe. I am just like that. I am not one of these people that is you know, I did dive, put one foot and then another and then dip my knees. No, I'm a plunger. I, I got to <laughs> plunge or else it's not happening. Dive uh, in and get her done or, or it's over, right? But that's me. And I'm not here to say that everybody should do it like me and everybody should just jump in the pool with the uh, live streaming or content. I understand um, that there are different preferences. But what I do not understand is people who decide that they're not going to do it because of their fears. Okay. So you're saying you want to do it, but you're not going to do it. That's the worst thing you can do. Being indecisive is making a decision. Mm -hmm. You're deciding to not do it. That's what really, really frustrates me with entrepreneurs. The indecisiveness is just, the indecisiveness is way worse than any decision you could make. Yes. That drives me crazy too, because I'm a very decisive person. And it's like, you know, it's A or it's B and let's go. And and somebody, and when I was doing interior design and even with this, you know, any client that I had, if they were indecisive would drive me insane. If they took forever, you know, I understand like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to go this way or this way, the book, you know, I understand kind of contemplating that, but like, well, I want to work with you, but I don't know. And like drag me on for months and then just never do anything that kind of person I'm like just make a decision and let me know and I'll let you go <laughs> you know because I I'm tired of this whatever and I know some people need time but um again the bottom line is just being decisive so I love that absolutely absolutely well what is the biggest mistake that writers or entrepreneurs because I know you work mostly with entrepreneurs make when they're creating videos The biggest mistakes when creating videos, um, so I'm going to assume that we're talking about those who have already made the decision, they're not flip-flopping, they have decided and now they want to do it, but they want to do it right and they want to avoid the mistakes. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about you guys. The number one thing you need to realize is that you don't have to be perfect to do it. You don't have to have the perfect equipment. You don't have to have the perfect uh, setup. 
if you were to just make a video and just have good sound, good microphone, that in itself is going to make a big difference. So right. uh, when it comes to videos in particularly, the sound is the most important thing. The rest really doesn't matter so much. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be perfect sound. You don't have to buy an expensive microphone. I use microphones that are under $50 mm -hmm. uh, to, to use, and they last me a year or two. Too, depending on how often I use them. And they're brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You don't have to go and buy anything super crazy and professional in any way. A lot of people go in the extreme where they feel like, oh, I got to spend a couple thousand dollars on equipment before I can go live. I have this friend of mine. It drives me nuts. He is like, oh, Katya, I have bought the one G, the, the one gigabyte fastest internet. And I have bought the $5,000 camera and I have bought this and I'm like, okay, so what have you done with it? Well, I, I'm still like, I, I'm trying to collect it. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> collect the equipment and I'm just like, why do you need to spend $5,000 on a camera if you're not even making money from videos? I spent, I bought my first camera about year three, at, after three years after I was making money from my videos. Mm-hmm. Because I reached a point where actually buying a camera was an asset for me. Right. It made sense. It was, yeah. You were to that point that you yeah. needed it. It's correct. Yeah. So if you're new to it, I would say don't invest in equipment. Invest your money in getting accountability, getting coaching, getting support, learning marketing skills, learning psychology. Invest your money in that because mm -hmm. those are the skills that are actually going to generate you ROI right now, not a $5,000 camera. So that's number one. Don't be perfect with it. Uh, another mistake people do is they make it all about themselves. So yeah. there's the two, there's the two types. There's the people that are the overly, overly me, me, me people. And then there's the over givers. So let's talk about those two. Mm -hmm. The overly selfish video creators are the ones that show up on video and they just expect everybody to be there. They just expect everybody to look at them and adore them and love them. And if they don't get that, they're out. They're like, mm-mm. I'm not doing this again. I didn't get enough attention. I didn't get appreciation. <laughs> it's just the wrong way to look at this. Like if you mm. really, honestly, if you want to go live and if you want to make content just for your own vanity and just for yourself, then might as well go get a job and make that your hobby. Seriously. Right. Like don't try to make a business out of, Oh, I just want to, I just want everyone to look at me. Like it's not going to work. It's right. just not going to work. Um, because people don't watch other videos to, um, you're not a celebrity unless you're a Kim Kardashian. They're not going to watch you because they're interested in your life. Right. They're not going to watch you because of that. They're going to watch you because there's knowledge that they want to absorb or there's a perspective they want to hear that is mm -hmm. going to help their situation. So you really have to not make it about you and not make it about, well, if, if there's nobody there, then they don't deserve me to show up. So I'm not going to show up. <laughs> I think that's just a very, uh, it's just a very weird way to look at it. And I promise you, Joyce, I know for you, that's like very alien because you're not that type of person, but I'm telling you, there's so many people out there. Oh, I've that seen them. I've seen you have, them. have so many people out there. They would like come to me and say, Katya, um, 
I, I, re- I really, I really care about what I do and my clients, but I don't really, I'm really, I, I really don't want to show up. And it's like, right. So what you're telling me is that you value your own vanity over helping people. <laughs> and they're like, Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> and, and then, and then they have a bit of an aha moment realizing that if they, if you want to help people, go help people. Forget about your own vain self. Forget about your own. Oh, oh, what are gonna, people going to think of me? Who cares? You're not there to please. You're there to help. And then the other type of people are the overgivers, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones who, they're the ones who go live and they give everything. Like they are the ones that would go live and they would coach people for free. They're the ones that are going to respond to every single person on messenger and they're going to help them for free. They're going to coach them for free. They're going to give all their energy for free. And then they end up doing so much video and so much content creation. And then they end up making nothing. And then one day they wake up feeling resentful towards what they're doing. And they end up feeling resentful about helping people. And very often um, that comes from a an inner side of them that gives in a way that is truly manipulative if you think about it because they're only giving by expecting something in return they're like oh i'm gonna go live and i'm just gonna help people and they're just gonna want to buy from me Right. That's not how things work. Mm-mm. It doesn't work that way. You can't give by expecting something in return. You need to show up strategically without holding back and then offer people different levels of access to you where they can pay. So share your knowledge freely, but don't give access to you. Don't coach for free. Right. Don't. Don't give your energy and time for free, but please give your knowledge away for free. John, hold back on your knowledge. Hold back on coaching for free. Right, right. That's what I really want give, to help people give to them understand. Just enough to know, want more and, and move to that next level, right? Well, it's it's not even it's not even a knowledge level of give them just enough. You can give them all the knowledge, right? But. But if they if they come back and say, how does that apply to me? That's coaching. Yes. Right? Yeah. So there's a difference between uh, here's a framework on how to go viral. And there's a difference between here's the framework for your business on how you can go viral with mm-hmm. your specific message. Right. So share information freely. Don't customize it for people for free. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. That is yeah. really good. Give give information, charge for customization. Mm-hmm. Simple. And one of the things that I have learned from you this past year too is social media is about conversations. Um, that's something that you stress a lot. And I like that to keep that in mind. If you start conversations with people and then you, they get to know you, the closer they get to know you, the more than they will want to work with you if that's a need that they have, you know. So that was one of the big things that I have learned from you this past year is make it more conversational. And and my group, we're doing something because of this series that we're doing on social media um, in my private Facebook group where we're helping each other. And one of the things that I told them, I said, you know, don't be a link dropper 
and then go, you know, where they <laughs> drop a link and they don't say anything about it. You drop know? and go. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's like, come on now, why do I need to open that link? You got to give me a reason. And what you're talking about is giving to people um, something that Keith shares to us. Um, Keith did Twitter. He's our Twitter expert. And he said, he calls it the 80, 20 rule. And it's essentially what you're talking about is give 80%, you know, share other people's content, share other things. And 20% talk about your book or your course or your whatever, um, your blog post, because I, and, and I'm sure you've seen this too. Have you ever been to somebody's profile and it's everything? Here's my blog post. Here's my blog post. Buy my book, buy my book, buy my book or my whatever, you know, and you're going, Really? That's it? Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's not interesting. You know, you got to spice it up. So what words of advice or encouragement do you have for writers who want to go viral with video and with their content on social media? I would say, um, number one, don't try to, don't try to rely on, just one place. Like don't try to rely just on Facebook or just on Instagram, really study psychology of people in general study. What makes people share something? Why do people share a certain amount of content? Why do people choose to comment and engage with certain amount of content? Uh, one, a few pieces of content right now that are really going viral are infographics, whether that's inspirational quotes, whether they're stassy quotes humor quotes, it doesn't matter. Anything um, anything quote related that is uh, short, size by that spreads really easy because it's easy to consume and it's easy to share. And then the other type of content that is uh, spreading really quickly is memes and humor. Anything that's funny, anything that's uh, entertaining, anything that is relatable will spread really, really quickly. So I would say focus your energy on creating whether graphics or um, whether it's uh, written content, whether it's graphics, whether it's video, whether it's a live event, whatever it is, uh, create content around those uh, three uh, main types of content, depending on your personality. You know, some of you, some of you are funny people. Go, go, go all in with memes. Some of you are wise, have a very wise vibe and you just want to share clever frameworks, then create, you know, educational infographics. And then other, other of you probably are more so to inspire and get people to feel pumped up and you want to share inspirational quotes or whatever it is, then go with that. The the question here is what's more you, what's more on brand for you. And of course there's a million types of different content that, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to do it, but those are, I would say the three ways that right now Mm -hmm. are taking over social media and social media, people are engaging with that on social media. And you and I know that what people are engaging with the platforms will push more of because what's the platform's goal. The platform's goal is to keep their users for as long as possible on the platform. And what's going to keep people for as long as possible on the platform are the things that they engage with. Right. Right. So what is that is speaking to them at the time. So that's wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. About pictures of you. Oh, like the perfect photos of you on the beach or like (laughs) that used to work back in the days of Instagram when Instagram wasn't so crowded. Like it Mm -hmm. worked really well. There was a time where pretty photos 
made you stand out. Nowadays, pretty photos, everyone's got them. And that's how you have to look at everything, really, not just social media. You have to see what are the things that used to trend that no longer work because there's too many people doing it. The moment everybody starts doing something, it no longer works. It's why I always tell people there is no such thing as a top best strategy for marketing. (laughs) The best strategy for marketing is what's working right now Mm -hmm. that not many people are doing. The best marketing strategy is one where you can be a pioneer in a category or a pioneer of a way of marketing that not many people are doing. Right. And what worked five years ago doesn't work the same as now. Five years ago, the easiest way in the world to get clients was to go into Facebook groups and promote yourself, other people's Facebook groups, promote yourself, make money. It was the easiest thing in the world. I remember it because I was there. I, I saw everybody make millions of it. Now, if somebody's trying to tell you that, oh, you can just go and promote yourself in other people's groups, everyone's trying to do that. It's much harder. Mm-hmm. So the best strategy you can do to promote your book, your writing, your expertise is really you have to market in a way that other authors aren't. You right. have to look at what everybody else is doing. And see which ones are the innovators and follow those and see which ones are kind of behind a curve because they have, they're, they've joined it five years late and you have to ignore those really. Yes. Well, and I know that you have something that helps people, your viral content um, templates are great um, for Instagram and Facebook, right? Those are what they're mainly for. So, yes, we, uh, over the years, um, what happened was a lot of people kept asking me, how do you create content that always goes viral? How do you, how do you make things that are shareable? You know, what makes people share content? And I I taught it for years. I taught it for the last five years. I taught everybody, all my clients, how to do it. And I realized in that process that no matter how much I teach it, there's still going to be some people that don't necessarily, uh, make it easy. Like they can understand it. They can understand the principle of going viral and that yet they can still struggle doing right. it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided to put our uh, highest performing viral tips and tricks and templates into one bundle where we curated over a hundred templates that right now are working on social media. So um, I've been collecting for years uh, my own pieces of content. I've studied other people's content for years. And we decided to create a bundle of over 100 of these that you can buy it. It's available on Canva. You can, well, we give you, so we give you Canva links to actually access it. But what happens is you can get the bundle. You, uh, you can plug it into your Canva, use your brand colors, use your font colors, fonts and colors and logos, make it your own, and then just follow the structure. And those templates are already designed to produce infographics, quotes and educational, educational templates and things like that. So they can help you create the kind of content that's already working right now. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's why we created what Joyce is referring to the viral content templates. And it's been really great for our customers. We have had over 1500 people buy them uh, so far. I I think we might reach 2000 in the next couple of weeks. People are just loving the idea of, wow, 
wow, like I'm, I can save 10, 10 to 15 hours a month of graphic creation and content creation by just having those. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they have been a, a lifesaver for our clients and, um, and, and, and people have been using them and they have come out and say that they've had the most viral post they've ever had just because they use the templates. So, you know, they're not just designed for looking pretty on social media. I am, while I care about things looking pretty, it's not my number one priority. My number one priority is going viral. My second mm-hmm. priority is to look good. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, but I appreciate you being here, Claudia. This has been wonderful. And I know it's going to help my listeners and I look forward to seeing you back in 20 K nation. And also if you're interested in that, we'll have a link for that too. Cause um, she'll be opening that up pretty soon. And that is an excellent way if you are a writer and you want to create a business model out of your writing, I highly recommend Katia because I've been in the group and she has helped me tremendously with my business. And so I know it will help you. And there's a lot of diverse people in there. You know, there's all kinds of businesses in there. There isn't, I I wouldn't say you have one kind of business. I mean, other than- Oh no, we have like dozens and dozens of types of industries in there. Um, But the the, the common thing that we have in 20K Nation and with our customers is that they're all driven by uh, wanting to uh, create more impact Mm -hmm. uh, on others. And also they're super driven by wanting to, create a business that gives them freedom of choice and basically gives them limitless potential for their lives. And that's what I'm really passionate about. So yes. Yes. And and she was talking about the application process and you do have a very high quality group. Yes. We have always had the application process and we still do. And uh, you know how I, I, I am a huge believer that, you know, that something is really, um, you know, that something is, special when it's been going on for five years Mm -hmm. and it still keeps going you know it's not something that I started just in the flash of a pen and profited off for a year and got got out of it I don't have an exit strategy for it it's something that um it's something that's been for five years helping a lot of entrepreneurs and you know I am very grateful that you joys have been part of it now for over a year pretty much and just right at a year it was last April so yep almost at a year Yep, it's a tremendous help. It is, and I'm. And the other thing I love is, you know, when there's a couple times I've had some little crisis situations, and I can jump in that group and say, "Oh my gosh, I need your help. (laughs) (laughs) Who can do this, or who can help me do this, or help me find somebody, you know, or what about this? Can I should I do this or this, you know?" And I know I can go in there and trust those people that they're going to give me quality answers and not well you should try this maybe, you know, <laughs> and it may or may not work. You know, I, I get high quality people and people are concerned about each other. It's, that's the other thing that's nice. I mean, whenever I do that, I always get private messages. Oh, I want to help you. Or I'm so sorry. I hope this works out for you. You know, something like that. And so it's, it's not just a group that's just um, in there for themselves. It's they're out for each other. And I have to say, Katia, that is because of your leadership too. You are out to help others. And so it it trickles down. <laughs> so appreciate that. That's so sweet of you to say. I, I, I do care about my people because I am, uh, not because I am like an altruistic person that 
just wants to help people. It's truly because I'm, I think I'm just smart enough to understand that your success is my success. And Mm -hmm. the more I can help you succeed, the more my business grows. It's truly just that I just know that, um, the more people have an impact and the more people have success that will help me in the long run as well. So. Yes. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Um, if you are a, an author and if you have a message, remember that you do deserve to share that and you do have something worthy of sharing. Maybe, maybe it's just a matter of sharing it in a way that's more creative to, mm-hmm. to get heard. But please don't get discouraged if you haven't had success with social media. I really, I really want to stress that. Yes, it, it does take time sometimes to get it and learn it, you know, because it is not, for most writers, it is not something that comes naturally <laughs> because we're, we're used to being in the cave <laughs> working on the work. And so, you know, that is something that it, it, it does take time sometimes. Well, thank you. And mm-hmm. I hope you have a great day. for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.